Welcome to the sermon podcast of Midway Christian Church. We're a Disciples of Christ congregation located in Midway, Kentucky. You're always welcome to join us in person or follow us on Facebook or YouTube. Good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here again and, and, and be with you on this beautiful um, Sunday morning. And I'd like to read the scripture from this morning. It's one that's very familiar but I think it's very pertinent and we need to hear it today. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan, Luke 10, verses 25 through 37. A teacher of the law came up and tried to trap Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to receive eternal life? And Jesus answered him, what do the scriptures say? How do you interpret them? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You are right, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But the teacher of the law wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, There was once a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, when robbers attacked him, stripped him, and beat him up, leaving him half dead. It so happened that a priest was going down that road, but when he saw the man, he walked on by on the other side. And in the same way, a Levite also came there, went over and looked at the man, and then walked on the other side. But a Samaritan, who was traveling that way, came upon the man, and when he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. He went over him, poured oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own animal and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he took out two, two silver dollars and gave them to the innkeeper. Take care of him, he told the, man, told the innkeeper, and when I come back this way, I will pay you whatever else you spend on him. And Jesus concluded, in your opinion, which one of these three acted like a neighbor toward the man attacked by the robbers? And the teacher of the law answered, the one who was kind to him. Jesus replied, you go then and do the same. The Gospel of Luke is the first of a two-part work, Luke and Acts, which is sometimes thought of as a novel in two parts. The Gospel gives an account of the life and the mission of Jesus, and the book of Acts tells us the story of the rapid expansion of the early church. The two books were probably written in the latter decades of the first century, and even though the works are anonymous, authorship is traditionally attributed to Luke. He was writing, to, writing for Greek-speaking Gentile Christians. And Luke's interpretation of events is influenced greatly by his desire to show how Christianity, Christianity is compatible with citizenship in the Roman Empire. He wanted everyone to understand that one could believe in Jesus and at the same time, be loyal to the emperor. 
Luke was a serious historian, careful in writing and eloquent in language. N.T. Wright observed that Luke was an educated and cultured man, the truly first real historian to write about Jesus in detail. His book places Jesus not only at the heart of the Jewish world of the first century, but at the heart of the Roman world into which the Christian gospel exploded. Luke depicts Jesus in his short-lived ministry as deeply compassionate, caring for the poor, the oppressed, the marginalized of that culture, such as Samaritans, Gentiles, and women. Again and again, Luke zeroes in on women who were seen as second-class citizens in the first century. If you recall, the first birth, birth announcement for Jesus, as Luke tells us, was made to shepherds in the field and were, who were among the lowest in society's pecking order at that time. Jesus' ministry was for all, especially for those who were rejected or diminished in value by their society. And Luke, Luke placed special emphasis on the Holy Spirit on the, and on the power of prayer and constantly talks about how Jesus wanted us to not only pray for ourselves, but for our enemy. Luke pictures Jesus at prayer, but he also includes several parables that highlight the importance of prayer. Parables were a useful method of teaching because as stories from everyday life, they could be easily remembered and most importantly, easily repeated. The beginning of chapter 10, I think, is very important to today's scripture. Jesus was in a desperate state of mind. He needed to find more workers. He needed to find more people to go out and spread the word. He knew his time was short until his crucifixion. He knew that. And that there were many villages and folks that had not heard his message of hope. So Jesus desperately needed help getting the message out. And he turned to 72 folks, just like each of us who have gathered here this morning, to go before him and spread the word. And Jesus knew that there was a lot of work and that there were few workers. And you have to get busy. And he was working with that mindset. And he commanded these 72 to pray, told them that the work in front of them was great and cannot be accomplished without much prayer. And we can assume the prayers were for safety and mutual, mutual encouragement. You know, they were to travel in pairs to help ensure their safety and to provide mutual encouragement. And if you have a mission that is dangerous or risky, you want to have someone with you. And it's also a sign to everyone that he sent people to see that we are in this together. After Jesus gathered the 72 in prayer and after he thought and felt that he had had their hearts were right, he next gives them specific instructions for their ministry to make certain that everyone knew what to do. They were not to be distracted by either material concerns or by tedious ceremonies of etiquette. They were to trust 
that God would provide to them through the generosity of others. And they were to thankfully receive what was offered to them. Jesus wanted them to heal and to preach like never before. The healing was important because it showed through the kingdom of God the power would be shown in acts of mercy and kindness. Their preachings would tell those, the kingdom of God has come near you. They would describe the kingdom of God was about what Jesus had taught and shown each of them. Jesus knew this would be a difficult journey. He had no misunderstanding about that. He told them, when they truly preach Jesus' message and do what Jesus did, we can trust that when we are rejected, it's because they reject the message of Jesus instead of rejecting us. And off they went. Off they went, excited. They had, they had the mission. They knew what to do. And then they returned. And there was tremendous excitement because their journey had been so successful. And Luke does a wonderful job telling us and showing us how successful this mission was by using words that are very powerful. When meeting with Jesus upon their return, they exclaimed, even devils are subject to us through thy name. Even devils. And Jesus responded, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But he told him, do not be glad because the evil spirits obey you. Rather be glad because your names are written in heaven. After their mission, their names were written in heaven. And the success of the 72 made Jesus rejoice. And we're not talking about being happy. We're not talking about being content or being fulfilled or being at ease. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can hear this while reading the words of Luke. Literally, the Greek interpretation says he was thrilled with joy. And he says, Father of heaven and earth, I thank you because you have shown to the unlearned what you have hidden from the wise and learned. Yes, Father, this was how you were pleased to make it happen. You know, and if you reflect this morning, I can't imagine what that place was like with these 72, with Jesus, with the disciples. One can only imagine. And then privately, Jesus said to the disciples, how fortunate you are to see the things that you see today. I will tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you're seeing, but they could not. The kings and prophets wanted to hear what you hear today, but they did not. You know, just regular folks like us celebrating like this with Christ, with the Holy Spirit filling the room. But there were some other folks there, too. Some of the learned were there, and they didn't like what they were hearing. The followers of Jesus were growing, 
and the words he was sharing were threatening to their positions. So all of a sudden, in this great, exciting environment, the lawyer, an expert in Mosaic law, stands up and he approaches Jesus in order to trap him and discredit him before his followers. Now Luke doesn't say if others encouraged him or not, but he approached uh, Jesus. And this was nothing new. Jesus was frequently badgered while amidst the crowd of the curious and the truth seekers. And he was unflappable. He was unflappable that day also. And the lawyer's question provides the platform for the parable of the Good Samaritan. Samaritans were despised by the Jews. When the northern kingdoms were taken captive by the Assyrians, they intermarried with them and settled in the place called Samaria, just north of Judea. And when the Jews returned to Jerusalem and tried to rebuild the temple, the Samaritans would uh, try to stop them in any way they could to delay the project. The Samaritans were hated by the Jewish people even more than the Roman conquerors. And this is, I believe, precisely why Jesus mentioned the Samaritan in his parable. He would be the least likely ever to help a fellow Jew because the Samaritans had a hate that was equal to that held by the Jews against them. You know, the motive of the lawyer's question is not important. And you can speculate what it could be. He might have been upset by the fact that these 72, their names were written in heaven. His name had never been written in heaven. He might not have liked the comment about this is what God wanted for the unlearned to spread the gospel. The motive is not important, but what is important is the question. It is the question itself that matters. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know, the mere question, just asking that question, contradicts the core of the teaching of Jesus because the inheritance of any form is a result of our relationship with God. It's not a goal achieved only through effort. Eternal life is a gift we inherit from God through our relationship with him, not something that we can earn through works or words. So when the, when the lawyer asked the question, Jesus immediately answered, with a counter question. What is written in the law? How do you understand it? And the lawyer answered immediately, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. As Soon as the last word got out of the lawyer's mouth, he was frustrated, he was embarrassed. He went up there to ask Jesus, to trick Jesus. And Jesus turned it back on him with a question. The trapper had become trapped. So it was his time to try to trap again. He knew the Jewish law meant that a neighbor was a fellow Jew. He knew that. 
And I think he felt that maybe Jesus wouldn't answer in that way. And then the lawyer says, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus begins the parable. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road and when he saw him, he passed by the other side of the road. The priests represented the learned that Jesus talked about earlier. The priest went out of his way to avoid the man because as a priest, he didn't want to make himself unclean by associating with someone who may have blood on him. He didn't want to, he didn't want to soil his garments. He didn't want to get blood on him. And not only did the priest have to go around the injured man, but he also went to the trouble of passing by on the other side of the street or path, indicating he wanted nothing to do with the injured man. And incidentally, I think it's important to understand that the victim of the attack was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, so it was more likely than not that this man was a fellow Jew. So likewise, we read, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. And here was a Levite, an expert in the law, and he sadly ignored the law, immediately ignored the law. To love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the problem was that the Levite didn't understand the law. He did. The problem was he did not consider the man who was lying there, possibly dying, as a neighbor, even though he probably knew he was a Jew. Even though he was quite, quite literally his neighbor being Jewish, he didn't have compassion, not one ounce of compassion, nor did he have any inclination from the very beginning to stop and show any mercy at all. The Levite knew the law, yet refused to obey it. He surely knew that God uh, had regards for the aliens and the strangers and the marginalized. He surely knew that. He must have known that God accepts a person and that it's not a matter of race or gender or, or where you are in life. It's a matter of grace. He had to have known that. Yet the Levite refused to even help his fellow Jewish brother. But then a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he immediately had compassion. He went to him without hesitation and without thought, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer said, 
the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Notice the lawyer when he answered the question. He said, the one who showed mercy. He couldn't even use the word Samaritan. He had so much distaste for him. But unlike the other two, when the Samaritan saw the man had just been beaten and robbed, he went anyway at his own risk, and he went to help this man. A Jew who was a natural enemy of the Samaritan. Not only did he go to help, he got down on his hands and knees. He cleaned. He bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them for medical purposes. He did this at his own expense without thinking. And oil and wine were not cheap in those days. Then the Samaritan puts the man on his own animal, which means that this road, from Jer road to Jericho, which was 18 miles through the mountains and very, very treacherous and hazardous, meant the Samaritan had to walk some distance. And then he takes him to the inn and he pays for the room and he board and he tells the innkeeper to take care of him, whatever it cost. The two coins that he paid was equivalent to two days wages then. And those two day wages would have paid for three weeks of care in the end for that man. And he said, if that's not enough, if that's not enough, I will repay you when I come back. So the Samaritan spends his own money and he also promises to come back showing that he had compassion on this Jewish man, even though the Jews hated him and he knew it. It is said, and I, and I would agree with this, it is said that this parable is the most practical of all the parables, and probably none of us this morning would disagree. You know, it's kind of black and white. There's not a lot of gray that we can find in this teaching of Christ. You know, it's hard to split hairs and argue about, well, I think he really amended, I think he intended this. It's black and white. Our relationship with God and our fellow man should not and cannot be separated. Jesus told this story because a man wanted a definition of a neighbor, and Jesus provided one for him. And Jesus provided his answer for us today. You know, what happened after the conversation with the lawyer? I don't know. Luke doesn't tell us. I do know that the disciples and Luke left and went on their way and they went to a village and they visited with Martha and Mary. Once again, Luke talking about women and Christ with these women. So it, I think it's left, I know it's left, to each of us this morning to ponder what happened after Jesus left. And the lawyer is standing there and you have a room full of people excited and filled with the Holy Spirit and just got to listen to this lesson which further, further reinforced the message of Christ that they learned when they were ministering in the field. I honestly believe that the excitement 
of the Holy Spirit remained in that crowd. And I'm certain they walked out that door and they went back into the villages with much fervor, knowing that anybody in the village was their neighbor, that everybody was their neighbor. And I'm sure that they treated their neighbors with love, mercy, compassion, and peace. And I also believe sincerely this morning that that is what each of us should do when we leave through those doors this morning. We need to go into Midway. We need to go into the community and understand that everybody we meet is our neighbor. No ifs, ands, or buts. They are our neighbor. And we need to go, as Christ said, and like, do likewise and show love, show mercy, show compassion, and show peace. Let us pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come to this temple. This temple that means so much to us, this church, in many varied ways. But help us to understand that sometimes the most simple of instructions can also be the most profound. Help us to understand that we can help our neighbor and help us to understand we don't have to look, look for ways to help. You will send opportunities to us each and every day. Allow us today to be more like you in each and everything that we do. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ forever and forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this sermon podcast of the Midway Christian Church. If you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please go to our website at midwaychristian.org.